Well, hello once again, Pastor Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship Church on Diagonal Road, 688 Diagonal Road here in Akron, Ohio. Hope that you've had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, last week, Melvin was in and uh, I was able to get a little rest. Thank God, this old body needs it. And uh, I just praise God for the Lord sending me someone who is faithful to his word and who loves to teach his word, and Melvin can step in and do an outstanding job. I just praise God for that. But today we're back in Revelation 19, and we're still on that uh, wedding of the Lamb. Uh, the whole issue of the wedding and then the supper of the Lamb. And um, in the one area, it mentions the bride, in getting herself ready, but in the next verse, it really doesn't, at the wedding supper, it doesn't mention the bride, it mentions only the lamb. And uh, there's a change up of words, and sometimes we want to look at those words, because I think that's vital and that's important. So let's pray, and let's get started, and let's see what the, what the Lord has to say to us. Amen? Uh, and I want to remind you something. We're in a search. We're searching for God's light in this area and his truth. And there's a lot of godly men who have written on this subject of the book of Revelation. And there's still many other men who are also writing yet today. And we are still looking to get a handle on what is really the truth of this book. The metaphors sometimes don't line up and it's hard to really get a real basis or foundation on a metaphor, but God has given us enough to at least cause us to ponder, to think, and to search out. And that's what we want to do. We want to do those things because we're seeking to understand, and that's what I want to make sure that we're clear on. Uh, I don't have all the answers here. I don't know if anybody does. But what we are going to do is at least question and look and see what God's Word says. And we're going to leave it with God's Word then, because that's what's important, is that we're willing to follow what the word of God says and we may not understand it all but we'll be in the ballpark we'll be in the ballpark I, I don't want to be outside the ballpark I don't want to be so far down the street that I'm missing it by a mile but I want to be right there in the area and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to make things clear to our hearts because we need it in this day in which we're living. Clarity is so important. So we do our best to do that, that people may understand what is being said. But I also like to challenge our mind. I, I, I'm not a person who just takes a theory, and I think a theory is good because it's a starting point. It starts you to think. It starts you to asking questions. 
and you continue to ask questions on that theory and you keep looking and, and you keep knocking and you keep seeking and somehow your heart will rejoice over what you discover and it, it'll give you peace uh, I'm not saying for anyone here today that you have to agree with Pastor Brown Pastor Brown's in the same boat that you're in I'm seeking I'm out to learn and that's why there's so much reading that has taken place uh, in just over these couple of verses. Uh, a lot of time just in different books on both sides of the issue, trying to get a little bit of understanding. And I hope I don't confuse, but I just somehow cause you to think and to really ponder what is going on in these latter days and what we can expect in the future. So let's pray and we'll get into the word. Father, I want to thank you and praise you for your written word. And I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here to guide us and to teach us and to minister to us. Would you, O God, open our hearts that we might hear thee and that we might be a people who will walk uprightly with thee. And Lord will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to get rid of this phone here because I don't want it to go off <clears throat> when I'm sharing something with you that could be vital. So I just want to somehow muffle it, get rid of it, and we don't be disturbed by it And uh, until I'm gone, until I'm done. Uh, so excuse me for doing that. Uh, but we're ready to get started here now. If you have your Bibles or your uh, laptops, would you uh, turn to Revelations chapter 19? And again, we went through some of this two weeks ago. But I do want to hit just a refreshing main point. Uh, the wedding of the Lamb has come and and I want you to recognize that when you start into this chapter, you have in 19, you have five hallelujahs. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Each one is a stance, it's a song. That is a praise to God. And it's what's taking place uh, just before this wedding part takes place. This musical. But it's all praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But again in verse 7 says. Let us rejoice. And the rejoicing had already been taking place. Hallelujah. 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 When you read those. Boy it's a new little statement. That's being made by a new song. In a sense that is being sung. Uh, and we just praise God for that. And he says. Let us rejoice and be glad. And give him Glory. Give him glory. Now, I want you to look where the focus is at. It's on Jesus Christ. Not so much on the bride, but on Christ. Give him glory. Not glory to the bride, but glory to the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Give him glory. And then in verse 7 in the second or in B, he says, For the wedding of the Lamb 
has come. It is time now, and I'm going to use this as church. This wedding is going to take place of the church because in the New Testament, he is the head of the church. He refers to the church as being his bride. Um, and we want to acknowledge that because I also want you to recognize that in the Old Testament, Israel was also considered bride and wife. We also find that in the New Testament, in the illustration in uh, Ephesians 5, that the wife, that the husband should love his wife as Christ loveth the church or his wife. We have that in there. And that can become a little bit of the confusing part in this text for us. Because if we only conclude that the bride is the church, then you have to ask the question, where are the Old Testament saints? And where are the saints who died during the tribulation period? And therefore, the focus is only on the church. I don't know if that's absolutely true here. Uh, and that's the part that can cause us to ponder and to take a good look. Now, understand that there has been some great men who have come along, who have already said and concluded, this is only the church. If that be true then the question has to be asked, where are the saints of the Old Testament and where are the saints of the tribulation? Because there's nothing else ever mentioned that they're, where they come to play in any of this. And I can't just see them being excluded. I will suggest to you they're all included in this wedding, and they're all also included in the wedding supper. And I know I'm going to get a lot of shakes about that, a lot of disagreement, and, and, and that's okay. That's where we come together and we sharpen each other and we question each other and we make each other dig. And, uh, and, and that's, that's good for us because iron does sharpen iron. It makes us wiser and it helps build us. So I'm going to suggest that. I'm not saying 100% that's the case, but I cannot close the book on it and say it is not either. And it could be. There's a possibility. And I'll show you why. It may be a possibility. Well, he says again, when we are in that verse 7, give him glory, not the bride. It's just speaking of him. Does not even mention giving the bride anything, really. It's all focused on Jesus Christ and him alone. The bride comes in and that he has made the bride ready. Well, we're going to see that also in Old Testament, too. That God makes his people ready. 
And he says, <clears throat> For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. She only makes herself ready with that which God has given unto her to make herself ready with. Whether it be in Old Testament, New Testament, or during tribulation period. The saint can do no more than what God gives to them at that setting in that time to make themselves ready for him or prepare themselves for him. If I can illustrate once again, we say in the Old Testament they were looking to the cross. After the cross, we're looking back at the cross. So both perspectives, old and new, are looking to the cross and believing God in what he has said of the Messiah coming and of Jesus Christ dying on that cross and coming forth from the grave and sitting at the right hand of the Father now for us. They are both looking at the cross. I cannot emphasize that enough. Old and new. Both are called saints. Both are called saints. And uh, that has to be distinguished also. And I understand that a lot of people would just emphasize church, 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 and I understand why. But I want to ask the question, where are the others? That's the question we have to answer. And some have answered that, and I'm going to give you their answer. And uh, But I don't think it really fits the text, nor the overall scheme of God's word. And, and again, I'm not a strong dispensationalist. I, I believe in periods of time that God acted and God did certain things in that period of time, yes. But I don't say... God changes it every dispensation. He is the same today as he's always been. And uh, we need to understand that. He's a God that changes not. But he is a God who builds his people. And his people changes in history. And we see that. He says, he provided something for them. Fine linen. He provided fine linen for them. And what's the fine linen? He answers it for us. He says, fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. He uses the word saints. He doesn't use the word church. He uses the word saints. Can saints refer to both Old Testament saints? New Testament saints, tribulation saints. Now, one author goes as far as to say, boy, when you use the word saints, boy, who are they? Are we talking about the Jewish saints? Are we talking about the Gentile saints? Are we talking about the tribulation saints? Are we talking about post-rapture saints? Are we talking about Pentecostal saints? Are we talking about the martyrs who were killed? even before the tribulation and those in the tribulation? Are we talking about millennium saints? 
See, John simply says saints. Now, is that all inclusive? Or is that only the church? That's part of our dilemma here. Because he doesn't use the word church. We take it as the word church because of the word bride. And rightly so. But when he uses the word saints, could he be including all the saints of the ages? That's some question yet to be answered. And But he goes on then and he says, Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited. Now, I perceive that everybody who's going to be here at this wedding, this wedding supper, is invited. Every believer throughout history has been invited. The church, the Old Testament, tribulation saints, all who have believed in Jesus Christ is invited to this wedding supper. Now here comes that division part that I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago. Some say that those who are invited are the invited guests. They are the Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints who have been invited to this wedding and to the wedding supper of the church and of the Lord Jesus Christ. That would seem a little awkward to me in the sense that it took those Old Testament saints the same thing to believe in the Messiah and believe God's word as it took for the church to believe. Both had to demonstrate faith. Both had that title of saints. And we're going to look at some scripture where even Israel was called the bride or referred to as the bride. And we also know that Israel was also referred to as a wife because oftentimes in Old Testament, God speaks about divorcing Israel. Well, the only one that was being divorced was husband and wife. There are these metaphors that difficult to explain. But I believe when it comes to seeing the people of God, we don't, at least from my perspective, we don't do all this separation. There's one faith, one baptism. There is one God who has saved us, whether we were saved in Old Testament, New Testament, tribulation period, whatever. We're all saved by one blood, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's hard to divide all, all, all of this up. 
this group is left out, this group is left out, or this group is just just to see the church on parade, but yet the word church, in a sense, is never mentioned. The word bride, is it referring also to church and Old Testament saints or to all believers? That's the puzzlement here that we have. But we're trying to put these pieces together to get something that can be a little concrete for us other than the exclusion. I think I'd rather see the inclusion of those who are believers who are at this wedding and Jesus Christ he's the focus point of us all we made the church the focus point as the bride but yet when we come down again in the verse 9 he says blessed are those who are invited all have been invited. Are we talking about the Gentiles being invited to a wedding of the Jewish receiving their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is this all the saints down through history? Now, there's another point I want to bring out to you also. Once you look at fine linen, bright and clean, were given her to wear. Come down into verse 14, when it talks about Jesus Christ coming, riding on his white horse. It says, the army of heaven were following him. The army really only come to be a witness of what Jesus does. It doesn't really engage as an army but more as a witness. Because with the word, Jesus vanquished everything. He destroys all the enemy with the word. And it says, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses. Now catch how they're dressed. And dressed in fine linen. Fine linen, again. Is that all the saints, or is this just the church? I believe it's all the believers throughout history who is following Jesus at this moment. And he says, <clears throat> when you look back up in the verse 12, he says, His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Every believer has had to believe the Word of God. Whether it be Old Testament, New Testament, or Tribulation Saints. In order to be here with Jesus, we've had to believe the Word of God. The Word of God. Nothing else. The Word of God. And who is the Word? The Lord Jesus Christ. 
but he's, that army is in fine linen. Is that fine linen, is it only referring again to just one group or to all the saints throughout history? Boy, that's a puzzlement that we have to yet unravel and keep asking ourselves questions to see, to know. What we do know is this. The wedding is going to take place. What we do know for sure is the wedding supper is going to take place. How the groups are going to be, we're still working that one out. Now, let's look at some of these scriptures about the bride. Because um, it's important. Go to Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. And let's see how God describes Israel here. And, uh, not, and, and I think we need to really take a look at these things. 49 verse 18. He says, Like a bride, he said, If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And 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 who I want you to catch here now is your righteousness. Your righteousness, the righteous acts of God, what they would have been like. And uh, we need to look now at 49 and verse 18. Look what he says. Oh, boy, let me get there. Lift up your eyes and look around. All you, all your sons gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on. Now look what he says. He's speaking to Israel like a bride. You will put those ointments on, those ornaments on like a bride. What did he do in Revelation? He provided the fine linen, the acts of righteousness. He provided those things for his bride. Look what God's saying with Israel. He provides what? The ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Go back over to Isaiah 48 and 18. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Who is providing that righteousness? Who is providing that peace? God. And then when you get over to Isaiah chapter 49 and 18, you see that whole process that is taking place. That, boy, that here is God doing what? Providing what Israel has need of. You will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Who is providing for Israel? God is. Who's providing for the church? God is. Who's providing for those tribulation sinks? God is. Boy, 
we don't prepare ourselves. God prepares us. And that's what we really have to understand when we see this. That God is the one who has prepared his people. His people are a prepared people for a prepared purpose. Whether it be Old Testament, New Testament, or Tribulation Saints. God does the preparation and gives all that is needed. That his purpose might be fulfilled and carried out. And again, I just want to read that because I don't want you to miss it. Lift up your eyes and look around. All you, all your sons gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear, you will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on. And here's that illustration of Israel. Like a bride. Like a bride. And, and that's so important. Now go over to Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Again, looking at Israel and how God is, what God is saying about Israel. 61 and verse 10. <clears throat> he says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoice in my God. For he has clothed me. He's done what? He's clothed me. He's given me the fine linen. He's given me that which is needed. God provides for his people. No matter what dispensation, no matter what age it's in, no matter what's going on in life, God provides for his people. We're all believers. We're the Old Testament, New Testament tribulation. We all had to believe in the word of God. And he tells us here that I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoice in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. And I'm going to be left out. I don't think they're going to be left out. He has clothed me with the garment of salvation. Jesus is that garment. His righteousness is that garment. His holiness is that gar garment. His sanctification is that garment. His justification is that garment. It's been provided. That fine linen has been provided that the bride might put on. And where during that wedding ceremony. And that's one reason that maybe the church is not mentioned again. The bride is mentioned, but the church is not. And many of us understand that, okay, the bride is the church. But when you get into the next verse, in verse 9, it doesn't mention bride, it mentions saints. Could saints be all the saints down through history? Old, new, and tribulation saints? Or 
there's a possibility. Let's continue on with this 61, verse 10. He said, A garment of salvation, and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. There's righteousness again. The fine linen was what? The righteous acts. And here is the righteousness again. Now look what he says here. And arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom. Adorns his head like a priest. And as a bride. Is he referring to Israel? Because the church is not nowhere in existence at this point. And as a bride. So it has to be referring to Israel. As a bride adorns herself with her jewels. With her jewels. As the bride does that. And that's the thing that we have to really look at. That it is the bride who is being adorned. And everything is what? Being made ready for her. The same thing of what we read about there in Revelation 19, 7 and 8. That is being prepared for her. And is given to her. This is given to Israel. The salvation the righteousness, the clothing, those garments are given to her. And it says, as a bride adorns herself with the things that have been provided for her. Now, go over to 62, 5 and 6. Isaiah 62, verses 5 and 6. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Now catch the, or catch this next line. You know, as I was going through this and just looking at this area of the bride and to see that Israel was also referred to as a bride and the church was referred to as a bride, it kind of shocked me and opened my eyes a little bit more. And I could throw it off and I could say, no, I'm going to just stay with a certain theory. I'm just going to stay with a certain. But Israel is also referred to as a bride. That's the part I could not neglect. So he goes on and he says, as a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you as a bridegroom. Rejoice over his bride. So will God, so will God rejoice over you. As that young man rejoiced over his bride and glad, and his heart is just filled with love for his bride. God is filled with love for his bride. Israel, the church, Tribulation saints for all believers down through the ages. Boy, Israel was also referred to as a bride. And again, I will say some people will be still disturbed. Uh, I'm trying to say Israel is the church. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying Israel was also referred to as a bride of God. 
and in Revelation it is referred to as a bride. Go to Hosea. Right there after Daniel. Ezekiel. Daniel. Then right there into Hosea. Look at verse 2. Chapter 2. Verse 9. Chapter 2. Verse 9. And um. Says, therefore I will take away my grain when it ripens. And my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen. Oh, I'm in chapter 3. Chapter 2. Oh, I'm in 2. Am I reading the right verse here? I think I am. No, it's 19. I'm sorry, Hosea 9, I want to go to 19. I said 9, but it's 19. I will betroth you to me forever. Who's he referring to? Israel. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice and love and compassion. Boy. A betrothed was a bride. Referring to a bride. And God says, I will betroth you to me forever. 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 So that is a real challenge for us to really take a look at this and I don't think that, again, that we were throwing this group out or that group out, but I think when we are referring to the bride and then in the uh, wedding supper of the Lamb, the bride is never mentioned, uh, it's the guests and so forth. Could it be that we are all the guests, the church, the Old Testament, the tribulation saints? That were all the guests. Because the focus in both places. Not so much the bride. Even in Revelation there. The real focus is on the lamb. It's on Jesus Christ. The wedding. And the supper. The focus is both. On Jesus. Not the bride. But on Jesus. So. When we go to Ephesians chapter 5, we're able to see the church here a little bit. And I want you to look at this in verse 22. He says, Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. And we see because Jesus calls the church that similarity of the wife and that relationship between a wife and a husband that he 
is the groom, the church is the bride, and we call him then the groom and the church the bride. Is this totally leaving Israel out over the verses that we read about Israel being betrothed to God and would never be forsaken? And that Israel was also referred to as a bride? Boy, I just can't throw those things out. You can throw them out if you just make the division. But if you keep it within here, just can't throw it out. That's difficult. That's difficult. That's hard. And we need to understand that he is really talking to us and helping us to have clarity and understanding. I believe that all the saints of God, all the believers, all who have named the name of Jesus Christ, all who looked to the Messiah, are there at the wedding and at the supper. All inclusive, not separated. So let's go back there for a moment because I want you to look at another area that I think is also vital for us to understand it because it even brings Israel in a little bit closer. Not the division, but it brings this togetherness in a sense. One again, I believe when you get in that verse 14, the armies of heaven, that the armies is not just made up of the church, but it's made up of all believers down through the history of time. They're all there. And it describes them with all fine linen, even as the bride with fine linen. But then... When you come over into 21, chapter 21 and verse 9, it brings this whole thing somewhat together. And it does, in a sense, talks about a bride and a wife. And as I mentioned earlier, Israel was often referred to in, in the Old Testament as the wife of Jehovah, the wife of God. Um, so in verse 9 it says, One of the seven angels who had the seven bows, full of the seven last plagues, came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride. And then there's a comma there. I will show you the bride. Could be the church. Most likely it is the church. But then it pauses there. It stops. Is it making a distinction there? This is the bride, the church. Now we all jump very quickly when we know that a bride always leads to being a wife. But yet, 
Israel in Old Testament was often referred to as the wife of God or looked upon as the wife of God. Is it so that even the church could be referred to as the wife and, and the wife was also referred to as the bride? And he says here, I will show you the bride, comma, stop, the wife of the Lamb, the wife of the Lamb. We know the bride always becomes a wife, but because both were referred to in that area as the bride, could it be Old Testament and New Testament saints being referred to as the bride. Now there's another important little point here that I think we don't want to overlook. He says, the bride, the wife of the lamb. Now look where he takes them to. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. Jerusalem usually always pointed to who? The Jewish people. The Jewish people. Never to the Gentiles, really, but to the Jews. But is he bringing us together here? Boy, Scripture is so powerful, and yet we have to continue to go back after it, go back after it, go back after it, go back after it. To keep clarifying, clarifying, clarifying. And keep asking questions to dig deeper, to dig deeper. Never to be satisfied, but always seeking, always knocking. And trusting God to show us the real meaning of his word. Revelation is made up of a lot of symbols and metaphors. And though sometimes we can be dogmatic about this, we cannot be dogmatic about everything. But what we do know, yes, the rapture is going to take place. What we do know, judgment seat of Christ is going to take place. What we do know is the wedding of the Lamb is going to take place. What we do know is that the wedding supper is going to take place. What we do know is that Christ is going to come with all his saints, all his believers. And what we do know, there will be those, all of us, who will see the new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven. God has an amazing, amazing work yet to show us. And it is strange that we keep looking and keep wondering and keep pondering. And I think we should. I don't think we should ever give up pondering of what God has in store for us. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 with me. 
because it's so important for us to grab this, I think. He says, But God, in verse 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. May the Spirit of God continue to teach us through his word. That he puts this word together for us like a puzzle being put together. That we might see the picture. As when we put the last piece of that puzzle together, we can see everything of that picture of that puzzle. And he says, but God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. May the spirit of God reveal to us heavenly truths, divine truths. May he open this book to us as he's never opened it before in history because the times in which we are living. But may we believe that we're going to be at all these things that Revelation talks about. That we're going to experience, maybe if we live long enough and some age, we'll experience the rapture. We will all experience who believe the Lord Jesus Christ and have accepted him as Lord and Savior, that judgment seat of Christ. All who've ever believed will be at that judgment seat, not just the church. All who have believed. Abraham, Noah, David, Moses, Elijah, Hosea, Daniel, all of them. And we all will be at that wedding of the Lamb and at that supper, the wedding supper. And we all will see the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Boy, much yet to learn. Much yet to have our eyes opened up to. And the Lord says, be ye ready. I hope that you're ready for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I hope that you're ready to be caught up in the air, if not absent from the body, to be with the Lord. I hope that as a Christian, that you continue to search out his truth and his understanding. And again, I would say to you, we have many theories out here. There, There's a lot of different positions and so forth, but Let's keep digging. Let's keep searching. Let's stay in this word and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Like I said, I never thought of Israel 
as the bride. Never seen it that way before. But I cannot just throw those verses out and say they don't exist. For God says he would never forget the one he has betrothed unto himself. Learn from the word of God. Hold to it. It is dear to us. And I thank you for the time that you've given me. May have sound like I've rambled on a little bit, but I don't want to drift too far, and I don't. I, I want to stay right here where the scriptures direct me to. And tough subject, no doubt. Tough subject, but we need to tackle them. We need to know about the marriage of the Lamb. We need to know about the wedding supper. We need to understand the fine linen. And we still are seeking to understand the bride and the invited guests. I pray that we will continue on this journey together and that we will sharpen each other and we will grow because the Holy Spirit is ministering to us. Amen. Well, it's been a joy being with you once again. I hope I have not belabored something too long, but I hope that um, you give an ear to it. I hope that you would consider what has been said and look at the verses yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Amen. Well, I will see you next week. God bless you. May you have a joyful time in the Lord. Either boy, we'll see each other here or we'll see each other around the throne of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God bless you. God keep you. See you next week.